0: Welcome to it. It's Husker Sports Weekly episode number 120, your one stop shop for all things Husker Sports. And well, it's home opener week, and the record is not what I don't think any of us envisioned it being at 0 2, but that is, you know, the cards that we have been dealt here in Lincoln. So we're going to move on. We're going to go into this home opener, Matt Rule's home opener, and it still should be a really fun time as the Northern Illinois University Huskies, the pride of DeKalb, come into town and try and pull off the upset as they did in 2017 yet again. But before we get into all of that, Connor Clark and Grant Hansen here with you as always. You can find us on Twitter at C underscore Clark underscore 27. And at Hanson, not Hanson.
1: Last name ending in E-N, not O-N.
0: You can find our show on Twitter at Husker Weekly and search Husker Sports Weekly in the search bar of your favorite podcast networks to find our show wherever you want to listen, whether that's in the car, doing homework, working out, walking to the stadium, preferably. I don't know, maybe, Maybe. but there's no road trip for you to go on unless you're coming from out of Lincoln. So we really appreciate all of you listening each and every single week. We always have a great time doing this, and we're here to talk more football. So let's do just that, and we will start with a brief brief synopsis of Colorado-Nebraska final score. The Buffaloes 36, Nebraska 14, and it was another day where the defense showed – some pretty impressive stuff and they kept Nebraska in the game as long as they possibly could until they were just out on the field for a while and Colorado took full advantage obviously the offense still raising a lot of concerns Jeff Sims 9 of 15 passing for 106 yards and an interception fumbled a couple of snaps which was really concerning Gabe Irvin with 17 carries for 74 yards that was kind of the game plan give Colorado credit I thought their front seven did a lot better than any of us expected them to yes. do yes they were all over the running game Billy Kemp five receptions for 57 yards good to see him get involved uh shooter Sanders did his thing through for 393 and two touchdowns uh Dylan Edwards with nine carries for 55 yards Xavier Weaver with 10 receptions for 170 and a touchdown I will say the silver lining is Travis Hunter really wasn't an X factor on Saturday. Mm -mm. I thought the defense shut him down very, very well. The atmosphere in Boulder was, I'll give them credit, pretty good. Uh, Student section was massive. I was not expecting it to be that big, but uh, a lot of Husker fans still. We were in the middle of a a red section, which was always fun. Um, And it, it, it was a fun Saturday, obviously, the result that Nebraska fans didn't want, but nonetheless, you got to give credit to Colorado. They played well, and Nebraska obviously has a lot to figure out on the offensive side of the ball, and that includes scoring points. How are we going to score points, especially as an 11-point favorite this week?
1: Yeah, and against a defense um, and and a defensive line that Matt Rule said earlier this week is as good as any that Nebraska has seen so far, Um, this is a group that's relatively deep on the front seven, um and that really has done a good job of pressuring the quarterback from a lot of different spots. You have multiple different players, at least four, with one sack. Uh, this is a defense that's able to rotate. Um, that did really really well last week against Southern Illinois, and I get it, FCS, but you know that SCF FCS team beat Northern Illinois last week. Uh, so yes. th- this is this will be a test for this offense, and you know I th- I think after last week obviously you can't expect to lead the country in turnover margin or rather, sorry, negative turnover margin and expect to win. Uh, And so that's again, in, in a lot of ways, you know, very similar to what maybe some of the conversations that we've had around here the last two years, where it's like, man, if this team was able to clean up a few of these basic errors, these basic turnovers, they win that season opener against Minnesota. They're more competitive in that game against Colorado, and we're talking about this thing very differently. But they didn't do those things. Hmm. And, and so um, those questions remain. I, I mean, eight turnovers is bonkers. And especially the type of turnovers, the caliber of turnovers that Nebraska had against Colorado, where it's things as simple as it's it's as it's the it's the simple as hitting guy in the hands. Hmm.
0: Yeah, it's it's the most frustrating variety of turnovers, right? I mean, I hate to go there, but this has been a speculating question all week. What does that game look like with Casey Thompson under center?
1: So, okay, so I'll push back on that um, because, you know, he – okay, so Casey Thompson had a g- really good first week uh, with Florida Atlantic. Right. Uh, last week, though, not so much. Yeah. Last week – he threw for 180 yards, did throw it 42 times, but no touchdowns, two picks, QB, QBR of 14.4. So really good first week. He threw for 285 touchdowns, one interception. Look, I, I think we probably could have guaranteed that Casey Thompson would have caught the snap. So there's that. Yeah. But um, look, I, I think that's really it more than anything. And it did seem like it did seem like it was on, wasn't a hundred percent. On Jeff Sims a lot of it was um, but there were definitely moments specifically the snap that hit the motioning fullback well, yeah that made me think there was something going wrong with Ben Scott at the center position
0: yeah I agree I think the snapping as a overall wasn't great on Saturday I mean there were a lot of low outside to the left or to the right I mean the ones that, and it was weird because I feel like the ones that were dropped were some of the better right. Ben Scott snaps. correct <laughs> yes from, from the day so that was kind of weird. And, yeah, obviously you mentioned the one hitting the guy in motion. And that was kind of a whole thing. And, I mean, just absolute drive killers. And, right. And a part of it, too, at the end of that first half was it felt like Colorado got three free possessions inside of the Nebraska 30-yard line. I mean, it was the pick. Then it was, I believe, just a pretty quick possession and then a fumbled snap
1: Right. that and resulted the, in that. And the fact that the defense was able to limit that to – 13 points at the half or 10 total. You know, it felt like in that first half, Colorado's offense was effectively playing with a 50-yard field yeah, um, because of the field position and where things were at in that regard. And Nebraska's defense did a fantastic job of standing strong in that area. Again, eight sacks as a team. I think that's the most in a game for Nebraska since 2009.
0: Since the Sioux game.
1: Uh, so, you know – A historic performance at least to some extent from tony white's defense even though the final score doesn't indicate it and some of the numbers don't right that first half was as good of a first half as i have seen a nebraska defense play since we've been doing this show um and i think probably dating back to the last time randy gregory was gregory was here at nebraska
0: yeah i mean there were a lot of spots in that game where you know Colorado would either a pick up a penalty or get a TFL Mm -hmm. saying Nebraska would TFL them and they capitalize on some of them Colorado did I'll like a couple of drives there was a 15 yarder and then they would get it all back in the next play but later in the drive it would happen again with a TFL and then Nebraska would come up with a stand and that's exactly what you need because you kind of had the sense of okay if they're going to get set behind the chains and they're still going to move the ball like this. This could mm-hmm. be a long afternoon, but that wasn't really the case. I think, I mean, at the end of that first quarter, you're feeling great that it's 0 0. Yes, I mean. you're 100%. Absolutely phenomenal. You really could have gotten into the locker room down 10 or even three if you right. really think about it. It could have been a 3 nothing ball game no, it again should have been. At, at halftime. So. I, I'm kind of sick for the guys on defense that the final score didn't really show what they did because, I mean, they're playing the rear ends off. I, there's right. absolutely no doubt about it, and I agree. I think this is probably some of the best defense we've seen since we started doing this show. And uh, I, I love a good defense. I mean, and I know everybody here does, too. The black shirt tradition is rich. And every time – I mean, it makes you feel – now, granted, the offense hasn't been picking up its slack. Right. But – every time your team has a really solid defense that makes you even more confident that you're having a chance to at least put yourself in a position to, to win. win. Yeah. And Nebraska just didn't do that on Saturday. Well, I mean,
1: like let's be honest, like let's look at the offenses around the Big 10 West. I mean, there have not been generally, not just the offense, but there have not been a many inspiring efforts through the first two weeks. Mm-mm. And so you know, when maybe not against Michigan but when you look against pretty much everybody on that you know division slate for Nebraska this year, and I think you probably can throw Maryland in there too, Nebraska is going to, its defense will keep it in games throughout the rest of the year. You know, again, maybe it gets a little bit separated in that second half, uh, but Nebraska's defense will keep this team competitive no matter how disastrous the offense is. And as long as they stay healthy, of course, that that's probably a caveat. Um, but, you know, this group is talented enough to keep Nebraska in it. And if the offense can just, you know, take care of the football, I mean, like you go back to what – like I think I think to some extent Matt Rule wants to create a P.J. Fleck slash uh, old-style Wisconsin type of program here in Nebraska – and, or a Kirk Ferentz type of program here wow. in Nebraska, you just, right?
0: You just combined every Nebraska fan's worst nightmare. And it's
1: probably true, but here's the thing, right? Like, you want to have a strong defense, good line play, and take care of the football. And Nebraska is not doing the latter part right now. Yep. And when your offense is on the field for as long as it is, and you basically... The way Nebraska has to win games offensively, you have to reduce... The amount of possessions you're you're effectively just reducing the amount of possessions you have on offense, which is a, theoretically a good thing because it means that you're shortening the game generally, and you're keeping your defense off the field, letting your defense remain fresh. But at the same time, if you're turning the football over on those limited possessions, I mean that's a killer. So like that is kind of the double-edged sword sort of where Nebraska is at because that taking care of the football component is important for any offense, but but for a team that possesses it at the rate that Nebraska does currently, it's even more critical, I think.
0: There were a lot of drives that I think showed promise. And now I'm not sitting here trying to make excuses for the offense because it just needs to be better. They scored three touchdowns for two games. I mean, it just needs to be better in eight turnovers. It's not going to cut it. They put themselves in positions to score multiple times. And now, you know, he's a freshman. Trish Nelvano hits the upright. Mm -hmm. you get inside Colorado territory, you cough up the football, or you get a penalty, one of the two. And it felt like you were just kind of waiting for them to break through, and then you get the Sims run for a touchdown that was 50-plus yards, which was great. And I thought Sims made some throws that can show, and this is what pains me. He made some throws that I think show you what he can be as a thrower But the caveat to that is he's already been in college football for a handful of years. Yeah, That is the frustrating part about it because I thought he made some pretty good throws to Billy Kemp. He made some pretty good throws. I mean, throughout the ballgame, he had a good throw to Alex Bullock that was just dropped. Mm -hmm. Granted, it would have been a really nice catch if he made the catch. Threw a couple of ones to Fedoni. It was nice to see him get involved a little bit. And I think you can see what he can be as a thrower but again he's a a senior and that's just kind of the frustrating part and also looking at the box score I it's hard for me to see a winning football team throw the ball 15 times for with your starting quarterback
1: yeah and you question to the amount of I mean what they have left uh in terms of skill position players um yeah you know to to get open and, and to separate um because, again, like I mentioned, the defenses in the Big Ten West are actually pretty good. Um, well, they usually are. So, you know, that's definitely something to monitor. I, the Sims discussion is interesting because I, I think, yes, we will almost assuredly see him again this year. I don't think we'll see him this week. I mean, not think so, it's, it seems like It seems like everything is sort of trending more likely than not to a Heinrich Harburg start on Saturday night.
0: You know what? I think I'm here for it. I mean,
1: yeah, I'm not opposed and, to it, and I'm
0: not. I'm not trying to sit here and just this be the bash Jeff Sims episode, right? But I, I mean, <laughs> two weeks from what I've seen, I am okay with seeing a Heinrich Harburg start this week.
1: Yeah, and you just you see what he can do out there. I mean, what he's able to produce just for cut, you, what the offense looks like with I, him running it. I mean, I think you just
0: cut him loose. I mean, just like the kid's athletic. We all know that, right? He's got, he can throw the ball a million yards, it feels like. Obviously, accuracy will be the question mark there. How can he run an offense? He's been in the system – well, not in this system, but he's been with Nebraska for a couple of years now. So I'm, I'm excited to see what he can bring to the table as we expect him to start. One more thing on this Colorado game. This is fascinating, and I know we talked about the end of that second quarter. Looking at the scoring summary, 420 left to go in the half, 31-yard field goal from Jace Feely makes it 3 nothing. 235 left to go in the half. A Dawson 30 yard touchdown makes it 10 nothing. One play after a turnover. Yes. Immediately after. One play, thirty yard drive. And then again, thirty-two yard field goal from Jace Feely. Six plays, fifty yards, forty-nine seconds. So the first drive that made it three nothing, a minute twelve. Second drive that made it ten nothing, eight seconds. Third drive that made it thirteen nothing, forty-nine seconds. Yeah. That is how quickly that game flipped at the end of that first half. And Product of the turnovers.
1: And I'm I'm going to just totally make something up here. Please do. Uh, doubt equity. Right? So you go on the road and the performance like that from a defense against an offense like that that was not challenged at all uh in that first week against CCU, and you built up a good amount of doubt, I think, in that group, in the that offensive group for Colorado. And with but with turnovers with short fields. In the span of four minutes, you basically completely erased the dot equity you'd built up on that sideline, in the fans around uh, Folsom Field. You know all these things that you had put on your side in that game that you needed to have on your side in order to win. You undid it, and again, in about four minutes, with several um, unforced errors, and you know that that's just a killer, obviously on the road.
0: Absolute killer, and I know it's a rivalry game that everybody would like to have back, but Colorado just flat-out beat Nebraska, and uh, that's how it was. 36-14 out in Boulder. Um, I got extremely sunburnt; It is gone now, thankfully, but I was probably about as red as my shirt that I was wearing. Um, But overall, still pretty fun weekend out there, and uh, we we turned the page over to Northern Illinois. And Nebraska, and, and we talked about this earlier this week, they were ten point favorites. They're now eleven point favorites, and you told me, and I agreed. I I don't know if Nebraska can score enough to be eleven point favorites.
1: Yeah, I mean, you wonder if they can even score eleven points. Uh, yeah. Right, because that hasn't been a guarantee in the first couple of weeks, and this is an NI, NIU squad whose defense held Southern Illinois to fourteen points last week, and it was what twenty-seven to twenty in overtime against. Twenty-seven College? twenty-four. Yeah, Boston College. So I mean, you know, this is a team that, and let's like let's not act. And granted, none of these NIU players have come to Nebraska um, since the last time the Huskies were here in 2019. Um, that Nebraska won that one 44 to eight, which was right after the Colorado game, if yes, I remember right. Yes, it was. And uh, but like this is this is a team that is used to playing in hostile road Power Five environments. They went to Michigan a year ago. Obviously, they didn't win that game. Um, Boston College earlier is very different than Nebraska. But I, I don't think this is a group that is going to be stunned by the crowd and the environment on Saturday. Rocky Lombardi has played uh, in Memorial Stadium before. He's a seventh-year quarterback. His That's Literally, ridiculous. his college career has lasted longer than Scott Frost at Nebraska. It. And he ended up playing Scott Frost in twenty nineteen in that Michigan State nine to six win in the snowstorm. Uh it'll be a little bit different tonight or tomorrow night in terms of just how many fans were there and how juiced those fans will be. But I think he's seen plenty. Um and, and so I'm not I don't I don't think this group is going to be just completely floored and and blown away in the early going with the help of the crowd
0: yeah I mean I, I still think it'll be a, a good crowd I mean it's first home game for Matt Rule it's been anticipated for a while obviously again 0-2 wasn't the start that you weren't envisioning correct you could be 1-1 one one right now I mean realistically let's be honest here but uh, they're, they're not so I agree I don't think this NIU team will be super stunned by the environment as you mentioned Rocky Lombardi coming back in that absolutely just pure Big 10 football game <laughs> from right 20 what 2019 18 19
1: That was 19 as well I think. Okay.
0: Um, but yeah, I mean Northern Northern is a good football program overall. They've had a pretty good history. They beat Boston College on the road in overtime 27-24 as mentioned before. They lost to Southern Illinois 14 to 11. This is a team that was if you remember ranked pretty highly in the mid to early 2010s and they're I mean, they're always kind of a solid Mac program, and I don't yeah. think that this is a team that you can take lightly whatsoever. No. And that worries me. And I'm I'm not sitting here saying that Northern Illinois is gonna come in and beat Nebraska. I don't think that's gonna happen, but
1: I wouldn't be surprised if it's a game. Like no, especially I wouldn't going into the fourth. I wouldn't be surprised if it's a close one. I mean, think about this. Uh since two thousand and nine, every freshman class at NIU – has won at least one MAC championship. Wow. I think it's either that or it appeared. Let me double check because I have that stat printed earlier this week. And this part, you know, this thing, um, I know is true, but um the five Mac championships for NIU um yeah, so yeah, sorry, sorry. Since the 2008 season, every freshman class at NIU has left with at least one MAC championship. That is incredible. And their Huskies' five conference championships are more than any current league m- member. Um, and they hold the record for appearances in the championship game with nine. So this team, even though they've struggled, I think, uh, under head coach Thomas Hammack, uh, this team generally has found success. It's a good football program. Yeah. And I mean, so, yeah. To your point, there is no reason to take them lightly, and, and I don't think Nebraska will.
0: I, I don't think they will either. They're currently uh, third in the MAC West Division. If you like yourself some action, uh, they trail. Well, actually, they're tied for first. <laughs> I <laughs> take that back. They're they're in a five way tie for first because everybody in that conference is one and one apparently. So, this is a team that will pose some problems, as you mentioned the. The guys up front for NIU are pretty good, um, as, as Rule said that as well. Um, Lombardi this year is thrown for 462 yards, one touchdown, three interceptions. So turnovers have been uh, iffy for him as well. Jeff Sims, 220 yards, one touchdown, four interceptions through two games. Um, so that will be an area of concern to, to look for. Ontario Brown, He's rushed for 112 yards and a touchdown. The team's leading rusher for NIU only averages 2.9 yards a carry. So hopefully, you would think this Nebraska defensive line can keep that running game in check, just based on the numbers on paper. Right.
1: Uh, this this NIU team was weird a year ago. They they finished three and nine, uh, and suffered throughout the year six losses by ten or fewer points, and managed to beat Eastern Michigan, who finished the year nine and four, and they beat them 38 to 10. But then. They lost at the end of the year on Senior Day to a two and ten Akron team. So uh, this is a, it was a weird, weird year for this group, and so uh, I do think the thing that will will be the biggest determining factor in all of this, I think, is turnover margin um, mm. because Nebraska is hundred and thirty second in the country. That's dead last in turnover margin at great. minus six. Um, and Northern Illinois is 115th. They're minus three. Now, all three of those turnovers came last week uh, from Rocky Lombardi.
0: That is insane. They yeah. played Boston College on the road and didn't turn the ball over. They were fine, yeah. But then against Southern, and no disrespect to the Southern Salutes, Illinois at home. At home. Yeah. That is unbelievable.
1: So uh, this is a team that both of these teams have turned the ball over a lot in their first two games, and also haven't forced many turnovers on defense. And considering sort of the general feel of this game is going to be physical, run-heavy, defensive-dominated... Ugly. You're going to, A, want to create as many extra possessions as possible, and B, avoid as many unforced errors as possible that could cost you chances to possess the football so I I think that to me is the biggest overarching thought in this game on who's going to win it's going to come down to who's able to force the key game deciding turnover from two teams that have coughed it up often
0: well is it going to be an interception for Nebraska is it going to be a fumble recovery I mean you bring up a good point because as good as Nebraska's defense has been, they haven't taken the ball away very much. Right. And, I mean, they did it once in Minnesota, and that's something that they need to start getting better at. Take the ball away, give your offense a shorter field. Maybe that provides a spark for them to get a little bit better as well. So,
1: And the other thing with the turnovers from Lombardi is that of his three interceptions, two came with a clean pocket per PFF. So... You know, even like those interceptions last week, he was not pressured and he wasn't blitzed (laughs) for either of them. So again, like that is a that is a major question mark.
0: It's really that's really, really odd. And I'm I'm looking at Lombardi's career stats. I mean, this is a guy who threw for twenty five hundred yards in twenty twenty one. Threw fifteen touchdowns, eight interceptions. Now he's thrown nine in a single season and that came in the Covid shortened season. That was the most interceptions he's ever thrown in his career, Um, but he hasn't been a huge touchdown guy through the year. Fifteen is his career high, and that came in that twenty twenty one season. Through five to one interception last year, QB rating twenty eight point nine, which is one hundred twenty first in the country. So we'll we'll have to see. I mean, is he going to turn it over early and often, or is he going to play a clean game like he did in Boston College? I don't know. And Boston College is not a great football team. Well,
1: again, in the previous 17 games of his career as a Husky, Lombardi threw nine picks total, and he threw three last week against SIU. Other interesting bit here about the offensive line for Northern Illinois, which has generally been pretty good, uh, but was not (laughs) last week. So they've been in the top 10 in the country in sacks allowed the last two years. They allowed 23 sacks in total in the 2022 and 2021 season combined. So that's obviously incredibly impressive. But they gave up four sacks last week to an FCS team. So, I mean, think about that for a second. So that's roughly 20%, little, little, I mean, a little under 20% of the sacks you've given up in the last two years total you gave up last week to SIU. So, you know, a Nebraska pass rush that tally eight sacks last week is teeing off against an offensive line that gave up four the week in that same week. You know, there could be opportunities there for Cameron Lenhart, et al., Ty Robinson, you know, Nash Huttmacher, whoever's back there um, to go make a play.
0: Now, the quarterback play for Nebraska does not need to be special in order to win this game. Nick Baker, Southern Illinois quarterback, was 16 of 24 for 148 yards. No touchdowns and no picks. Now, obviously, the no pick stands out. That's important. Right. But he didn't throw for a touchdown. Wasn't anything crazy. Average 6.2 yards per completion. I mean, you do not need to be anything crazy in order to beat this team at the quarterback position. Now, Roe Elliott, he was the team's leading rusher. He went for 58 yards and scored one touchdown. And Nick Baker scored a touchdown on the ground, yet he had negative 10 yards. Because welcome to college football, sacks go against your rushing yards for whatever reason. So it doesn't – and I I get it. This Northern Illinois, Southern Illinois game was was ugly. It was defensive heavy. It was low scoring. But I think that's something you can come to expect tomorrow night at Memorial Stadium. Maybe not 14-11 low scoring, but something that ends in maybe the high teens, low 20s.
1: I mean, think about this. SIU won that game last week by three. And Northern Illinois turned the football over three times, ran for 1.9 yards per carry, and missed two field goals. So, I mean, when you're talking about the quarterback play not having to be special. But that's assuming that Northern Illinois continues to shoot itself in the foot this week. That is true. And doesn't play with a chip on its shoulder in an environment where, again, you know, they're getting paid to come here. This is a nothing-to-lose Type of game for the Huskies, so I mean, do you just completely let loose in Probably. a game like this? You know that that could be, you know, that could be another side to this, you know, disaster of a game against SIU last week.
0: I mean, why wouldn't you come out here with nothing to lose? I mean, if you're if you're Northern Illinois and you look down on paper and you see Nebraska's zero two, and as you mentioned, you're getting paid to come here and play Nebraska. And you have beat Nebraska in recent memory in yep. this building.
1: In the last seven years. What? Why not?
0: Let, why not let it loose? Why not play with that confidence? I'm not saying they're going to come in here as acting as the favorites, but they have every right, I think, to come in with you know, let's let this thing fly. Let's cut it loose. Let's empty the playbook. We got nothing to hide anymore. Let's go. Let's go see if we can
1: try and steal a win here against a oh. team that's <laughs> trying to rebuild. By the way, uh that so the last time, the last time that Northern Illinois beat Nebraska was in 2017. Yes. It was Mike Riley's final season. Kind of really probably the point where people realized, oh this is over. But uh Rocky Lombardi was a freshman on the Michigan State roster in that 2017 season.
0: That is ridiculous. I was we were sophomores in high school yeah. in 2017, and yet here we are. Who's that Who's that player? I think they, they're on NC State who's in his eighth season Good of God. college football. <laughs> I mean, his decade story's gone viral. It is absolutely bonkers about how you can how, – how can you be a college
1: football player for almost a decade? Yeah, Bradley, uh, Bradley Rosner. Gosh. I mean, that is –
0: that's, there There you go, Transfer Portal. We thought maybe we could go an entire episode without mentioning it. Psych, because that's literally impossible in collegiate athletics now. Eight years in college. That's insane because we're in our fourth year of college and what we both presume to be our, our final year of college. You Can you imagine you having four more years of college after this?
1: No. I mean, he started is, he started 2016 the 20, from 26 to eight twenty eighteen. 2018 he was at the JUCO level at Cisco College.
0: We're 14. 14 years old. Yeah. And now and now we're still in college with him. technically. Yeah. yeah. Based on oh, eligibility rules. That is the, like even Sam Hartman has been in college forever at Notre Dame. Which
1: I mean, we'll think about this too because this is another layer to this. This is a very specific type of layer, okay? Yes. So Midland's quarterback, his name is Garrison Beach. He's 25 Jeez. and has at least one more year of eligibility. Oh my left goodness! Because Where did he, he come from, he took a two-year Mormon mission plus okay. the COVID plus everything else. He's married and he's leading the Warriors. He's leading. There you see go. him every Saturday. <laughs> but yeah, that's what, I mean, like that's kind of the you know you, we got plenty of outliers.
0: Man, that is, I cannot wrap my head around that. So. Uh, Northern Illinois, Nebraska, tomorrow night at 6 p.m. at Memorial Stadium at Rule's home opener. We will see if we get Heinrich Harburg starting under center. I believe we will, just based off of the injury from Jeff Sims. Not, It's not performance-based, it's injury-based, because he tweaked his ankle uh, against Colorado later in that game. So, without further ado, it's pick time here oh on, on episode 120. Last week, Grant had a push. Somehow, I because know. Utah decided to not show up in Waco, they still ended up winning twenty to thirteen. So you are two, three, and one. Yeah, that's going to be season. ugly
1: for the rest of the year. Having that, having that, to say that, that extra third number
0: I am four and two. Which I thought I did worse this week, but apparently not. I, I yeah, because
1: I thought because you thought you had Tulane. Uh,
0: yeah. Yeah. So I got Illinois and Kansas. I had Kansas winning. Boom easy kansas yeah, wearing was, all black that at was, home
1: that was the best pick that either of us had come on last week. all black
0: at home kansas is yeah, not landing. that was a lock uh old miss winning at tulane they did that uh and then i had nebraska winning at Colorado. yeah really uh,
1: i wasn't gonna do it and then you did it and i was like well peer pressure <laughs> wow so <laughs> you you
0: you had here's your one utah baylor it's a push Wisconsin at Washington State, good pick there. Yeah, man, really good pick there. I th- I would say that's a better pick than the Kansas I one.
1: Would, I like. You could just see it, man. You could see it coming. I, Washington State is a better team than everybody thought. The and, quarterback and is really and good. To some extent, to some extent, they might be. I mean, I don't know who's open, but to some extent, they're trying to make a push right now to say, as a athletic institution, we are valuable to you beyond the Mountain West, or mm-hmm. that's our higher ceiling. And I'm not saying that directly influenced that game, but, you know, th- that I think that's an overarching factor for that institution generally.
0: I'm sure the athletic department was happy about mm-hmm. that. And then you also had Nebraska beating Colorado, so we're even on that front. So let's get into it. Another full slate of college football. I almost clicked on the college basketball schedule. I am getting ahead of myself. I apologize. <laughs> I'm very excited for that. Um, so let's take a look at this week's slate of games. It's kind of weird. Oh, also, by the way, Texas beat Alabama. We were both wrong on that, Yeah, but it didn't count because it was an honorable mention. That was a great game. That was a fantastic game. Give credit to Texas.
1: Quinn yours too, man.
0: They look good. They look really, really good. Alabama didn't look great in my opinion, but Texas, I'm not trying to invalidate Texas when Texas looked Good at Bryant-Denny Stadium. So, the Longhorns, give them credit. They're they're going to be a pretty good football team this year. So, I went first last week, so I'm going to make you go first this week.
1: Okay, that's fair. Uh we will start with a very very bl- it's a bland week. I mean, let's not sugarcoat this. Wow. This is a bland now That's unbelievable. Now, granted, granted those bland weeks traditionally have given us some of our best upsets. And wildest games. Like on paper, weeks that are bad in years past have turned out to be really good. So maybe things change. I'm going to start out here in Columbia, Missouri with Kansas State um, and Missouri. Both teams 2 0. Kansas State, a four point favorite. It's an intriguing game. Number 15 in the country. It's an 11 a.m. kick on the SEC network. And I like the Wildcats here to cover the four points. Uh, Missouri, weird kind of start to the year. You beat South Dakota, great. You know, good job. That's twenty five. It's a twenty five point win there, but you just eke by Middle Tennessee State by four points, twenty three to nineteen. I I think Kansas, I think Kansas State wins this one. They move to three and zero on the year, and I will give them again the cover there. I, I think they win at least by a touchdown. We'll go 27-20 Wildcats. Yeah,
0: I think that's a pretty intriguing game this year. Um, just a couple of programs that look. Good ish, right? But we'll we'll see if they can really break through this week in Columbia. Um, I'm gonna go down to the great state of Texas, and I'm gonna go TCU at Houston. Now TCU Ooh, is a fun. seven and a half point road favorite over the Houston Cougars. The over unders at 64. I'm gonna be honest with you. I don't know that much about the Houston Cougars football team this year. I just know that they wore those really cool Houston Oilers looking uniforms in week one. Um, so that gives them props. But they beat UTSA by a field goal, and then they lost to Rice by two. I'm going to go with a TCU cover on the road. I think they'll win by more than seven and a half, and they will get to two and one, two straight wins after dropping a game to Colorado.
1: All right, um, my pick number two, I'm back and forth on a couple of these here, and I I might get really aggressive. In fact... I oh, think I am going to get aggressive here. Please. I'm going to go with a dog. Uh, this is a weird game. This is an under-the-radar game. It's the Big Ten game on NBC, and I was thinking about picking Minnesota and North Carolina, but I just I got to stay away from the Tar Heels because they have done me wrong multiple <laughs> times. Um, Syracuse and Purdue oh, at ross Stadium in West I was Lafayette. Maybe, I was
0: looking at that game.
1: Um, yeah, the Qs are two-and-a-half-point favorites here. Uh, I like them to cover. I mean this team has put up some ridiculous numbers in their first two weeks a sixty five to nothing win over colgate and then forty eight to seven over western Michigan now granted obviously those two teams are not you know the class of division one football but you know they're they're i, I they're a really fascinating fascinating um program in Syracuse just because again of that offensive talent what they've what the numbers they put up in the first couple of weeks because they've taken care of business. Now meanwhile, Purdue, they just came off a win over Virginia Tech um, which you know depends on how you really want to value that. Um, but I, I just I don't really trust this Purdue defense and I don't trust Purdue generally. again, you know I've made it the case on here several times. I think they're going to be bad. Um, And so Syracuse, again, a a two-and-a-half-point favorite on the road. I've got them winning. Uh, We'll go by 10, 28-18. We'll just make a really weird score there for Purdue, but that's fine.
0: So you got Syracuse over Purdue.
1: And, yeah, the Q's a a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Gotcha.
0: Well, I feel like it would be wrong not to pick the backyard brawl this week. Oh, there you go. And that is West Virginia – and Pittsburgh, this game was electric last year out in Pittsburgh. Like, absolutely electric. The atmosphere was unreal. And I hope it's the same way out in Morgantown, West Virginia. The Mountaineers open as a two-and-a-half point favorites. Pittsburgh coming off of a loss against Cincinnati, uh, in which they lost 27-21. to 21. Cincinnati, obviously, still a pretty good football program, even though no more Luke Fickle. Uh, West Virginia lost... At Penn State in Week One, and then they beat Duquesne 56 to 17. We all know about the late Penn State cover <laughs> <laughs> and uh, overhit. Yes, and overhit. One of our roommates was not very happy about that, uh, but that's a discussion for another day. Two and a half point favorite West Virginia. Give me Pittsburgh. Give me Ooh. the Pitt Panthers on the road in the backyard brawl. I think I like them a little bit more. What and that's not saying West Virginia is a bad team. I think this will be a great game. I'll I'll take Pittsburgh. I don't really want to throw the spread into it, but I'll take Pittsburgh by a field goal on the road yeah, against a, West Virginia.
1: It's effectively a pick'em game. Yeah,
0: it's it's a ballsy call, but hey, we're we're gonna go for it. So uh, Pittsburgh covers at West
1: Virginia in the backyard brawl. All right uh, nebraska northern illinois i uh I cannot in good conscience pick Nebraska to cover the eleven points <laughs> in this game um look it was forty 40- that I'm laughing at it, that. it was forty four to eight last time. I get it like it could kind of devolve into that level of a game again, especially with how good Nebraska's defense is like if Nebraska's defense is capable of giving the offense a couple of short fields, you know that could go a long way in deciding this one, but Again, with I, it just seems like you're looking at probably Heimner Harburg starting. It'll be his first career start, if I'm not mistaken, against a quarterback who is in his yes. seventh year. Um, I just I don't see Nebraska winning by eleven. That is a lot. Uh, so but I, I do think the Huskers win this one. So I I can't go very high scoring because that's kind of the way this year has gone so far for the Big Red. So we'll go Nebraska twenty, Northern Illinois wow. ten.
0: 20 to 10. A big 10 fans and a, dream. And a
1: very very close cover there for Illinois cuz with that current 11 point spread.
0: That wow, that is an ugly game, but I think you might be right. I'm going to go I agree. I don't I don't, think, I don't think Nebraska covers an 11 point spread. I mean, they just haven't shown it. Like they they literally have not shown that they could do that offensively. I'm going to go Nebraska 23, Northern Illinois 14. Nebraska wins; they get their first win in the Matt Rule era. They they're undefeated at home. Hey, look at that! Yeah, but I yeah I think they, I think they end up winning by nine, and uh, we will see if they are capable of putting up twenty three points. We haven't seen <laughs> that yet, but hopefully yeah, they I are. I've not seen more than fourteen. So um, that would be absolutely phenomenal. So just to go over our picks one more time: Mizzou and K State. I missed it. K-State, K-State covers. K-State. K-State covers. Syracuse wins by 10 at Purdue. Nebraska wins 20-10 to 10 at home. I have TCU covering at Houston. Pitt covering at West Virginia and Nebraska winning by 9 at home against the Northern Illinois Huskies, the pride of DeKalb, Illinois. What what a place <laughs> that, that is. They got a great oasis. It is a road trip staple. Um, and, yeah, I've, I've actually never been into the city limits of DeKalb that that much, so can't really speak too much on that. But Uh, Yeah, that'll round it out for our episode 120. We got Northern Illinois and Nebraska 6 p.m. tomorrow night. We're so glad that you were able to join us to help you get ready for the highly anticipated home opener under the lights. Maybe a light show tomorrow night as well. Yeah, probably the only one. Probably. So that could be fun. Uh, Once again, you can find our show on Twitter at Husker Weekly. You can find us on Twitter at C underscore Clark underscore 27 and at Hanson, not Hanson. And you can find our show in the search bar just search husker sports weekly on your favorite podcast networks to find our show we'll be back next week to talk nebraska louisiana tech enjoy the weekend enjoy the first home game of the year and until we talk again go big red